Here we go, episode 17 of the Footy Pod, and today I have on Esteban Mariel. Esteban is, of course, the co-founder of City Futsal, along with brother Manuel and the rest of the wonderful Mariel family. Uh, Esteban is someone that I've, you know, just always looked up to, uh, had a lot of respect for, really smart guy, um, have always just tried to watch and, and, and learn from as much as possible through the semi-regular interaction that we have and um so he 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 really talks about you know the transition that he made and and creating a new identity from being a player into becoming an entrepreneur and of and of course highlights the grit and determination it takes to be a successful one so those are concepts and and a mindset that you know players that are listening to this can also apply to the journey that they're on so uh, make sure you find uh, some time where you can listen all the way through this. You won't want to miss a minute. Um, so whether you're driving, exercising, you know, working, or just hanging out at home, uh, pop this in and, and, and give it a full listen and, and let me know what you think. Mr. Esteban Mariel, pleasure having you on the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes. Not to be confused for twin brother Manuel. Although, if I'm being totally honest, every time I see either one of you, there's confusion. I don't know who I'm talking to. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'm serious. So I'll look at, you know, whoever I'm talking to, and I'm just hoping and praying that that's the right one. The past interaction that we had makes sense based on the current interaction that we're having. It, so. it, it, it wouldn't matter, Sean. We have a, a twin telepathy. So if you talk, yeah. to them, I know exactly what you talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But not only twins, also business partners, Absolutely. too. You guys have been in business together for how long now? It's what, 10 years? We've been, uh, I would say we're about to be 10 years. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, you know, I obviously got to know you guys through playing pickup yep. during early days. Absolutely. And I can't remember how I first got out there, but, you know, I was going out there regularly getting to know you guys. And I just really liked what you were doing and mm -hmm. and um, and, you know, worked a little bit with you. Then yeah. coming out of college, I've always used what you guys do as kind of a model to what I do. So Absolutely. You guys have been a big inspiration and I uh, definitely, you know, watch and try to learn from you specifically as much as I can. So why don't you just kind of tell us about your childhood? I know you're from Dallas, yep. but did you always live in Dallas growing up? Um, well, first, thank you, Sean. I mean, I, I, um, you know, you were, you are right. I mean, you were one of the first when, when on, I started way back when um, we were, you know, gym, any gym that we could get, we were using. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been some, I can uh, leave some some impression on anyone if that's uh, even a small impression of uh, getting you excited about doing your own thing. I think that's it's fantastic. So, you know, kudos to you and, and what you have been you, you've done as well, Sean. And uh, it takes a lot. So, um, thank you, absolutely. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me on, Sean. And and yeah, no, I've I've lived uh, in Dallas my uh, my entire life, or pretty much my entire life. I uh, was born and raised here. Um, I grew up playing club ball, kind of like, uh, any young player these days did. Um, I, I played for Dallas Inter, um, which, uh, became FC Dallas, um, in the later years. 
Um, but, uh, you know, club soccer was very different back then. I mean, you know, I played select soccer when I think it was 11 years old or 10 or 11 was the first time. Uh, everything before that, there was no academy. So it was, it was, it was rec ball. Um, so um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, the roots are from Dallas. Uh, but, you know, my father, when we were about 11 years old, um, gave us the opportunity to to go and live in Brazil, which is the uh, motherland, the, the motherland country of my mother. Um, she is uh, originally from Brazil. My father originally from Argentina. So I have a South American background and that's kind of where I was first introduced to my roots uh, and to my blood origin uh, when I was about, uh, yeah, like I said, 10, 11, when and I went down there and my dad kind of shipped us off and said, you're staying down there until you're good soccer players who can speak Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were there Figured and, and yeah so we stayed for almost a year at that first time we went down and um you know uh, played in santos fc and stayed with the coach down there and and yeah and that's kind of where we were introduced obviously to a new type of football or what we call it here soccer um it was very much uh you know a liberated uh flow uh flow light game and that's actually where i was introduced to the game of futsal um and that was the first time I, I got to play uh, competitively and really see it at a high level. So we, um, we, we played, we played in Santos for that year. We came back to the United States and, and then we, you know, over the years we started, we developed a relationship with Santos FC and Manuel and I went back regularly and we stayed and play there regularly. So it was a, uh, it was an early uh, relationship that we had with the club. And it's kind of interesting that, Today, um, where we're at, we still have that relationship with the club, um, which is really, really awesome and interesting to see how uh, they were such a big part of my development as a youth player. And now I'm working with them to continue to bring, you know, that education, that youth development, um, the Brazilian side of it to to the United States. So, but, but that's kind of my, how Manuel and I, or at least for me, myself, how I uh, was introduced to the game of futsal. I played in Brazil for a while, came back to the United States, you know, and we went back and forth. And so we uh, eventually, um, we eventually uh, graduated high school um, from United States. We went to Lake Islands um, uh, over here off of 75 on the East side um, and uh, East side of 75. And we, we actually graduated early, a year early. Um, we, we made a decision our June or our sophomore year that we wanted to go play pro. And so the, to be able to do that, we wanted to be out of, uh, out of the house by 17, 16, 17. And we knew that we had to finish school because my dad said, there's no way unless you finish school. So Manon and I started sophomore year doing summer school classes. And then junior year, we did night school as well as obviously your regular classes and oh, wow. uh, yeah, and we graduated an entire year early. We um, we worked our butts off to be able to do that. That was kind of our dream. And and we had been going back and forth from Brazil, the United States, you know, since we were kids. And that was, you know, always, you know, I, you know it's interesting, Sean. It's it's a, uh, you know, we call it a dream when we're kids, right? You know, because that's what we're dreaming about. We that's it's all we want to do. Um, and I think that. You know, when your dream becomes reality, when you actually are there and you're doing it, it's uh, it's exciting, and of course, but it's f frightening as can be. Um, yeah. And uh, so we we 
you know, we, we jumped, we graduated early. We were actually, we got signed to Cruzeiro FC. So Cruzeiro is in Minas Gerais, which is a different part of Brazil. Um, and we, we played there for a year and we, we were loving it and we we're doing, we were, we were having a great time and, you know, but however, my dad, you know, still, you know, we're American, we live in the United States and, you know, education was a, was a very important part of, of how my dad brought us up. You know, he sacrificed yeah. a lot to put us in schools that he thought would challenge us. And he made that a priority, even though Manon and I played, we were athletes, you know, he made it a big priority, uh, you know, schooling, you know, if you didn't get that, then forget soccer. And so, and I think that was at the time when my dad had been speaking with my coach here in the United States, who, by the way, is, was Aaron, um, Aaron Gordon at one point, but Aaron had a buddy of his or a friend, Pete Karinji up in Maryland. And Manuel and I had never, you know, we're never recruited for college because we just never, that wasn't our goal, right? We were in Brazil, we were playing, we wanted to be pros. And so that was never crossed yeah. our mind. I mean, I didn't know about, you know, what I didn't know what division one and under, I didn't understand all of it. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to play like school. We, we made the decision to play. We, we sacrificed to play. And so when my dad said, you know, you guys need to go back. I think it's a good decision to go back to the United States and, and go play college ball. Manuel and I were really reluctant, but my dad had uh, uh, spoken with Aaron, my ex-coach in, in the United States, and, and he had uh, put together a full ride package for my brother and I uh, to leave Brazil and to go play in Maryland my first year. And so my dad was kind of like, you guys would be silly not to not to do this, you know? So we, uh, we t ended up leaving Brazil, packed our bags and we went straight to Maryland and, uh, we played uh, college ball our first year there in Maryland, which was, uh, phenomenal. I loved the East coast. The only thing I hated about the East coast was the weather. <laughs> I mean, that was <laughs> when we went on our, our recruiting trip, I remember the, the seniors telling me seasons, no worries. And I'm like, okay, cool. All four seasons. We'll get cold, we'll get spring, we'll get fall, we'll get summer. And they were just full of it because I don't even know what four seasons meant to them because it was half of the year yeah. old. So, um, and it was, it was horrible. But, um, yeah, I could yeah, I could no, dude. I, and, but I mean, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, Sean, I mean, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. You know, we went from Brazil to Maryland, we were traveling a lot and we were not home, right? And we were not in Dallas for a while. And, I think that started to maybe, you know, Manuel and I, yeah, you know, grow we up. grew up a lot. And, uh, but we also missed, you know, home, you know, we missed, we had been gone for a long time and, you know, we are very uh, much uh, a tight knit group of, of uh, a tight, tight knit the family. We, we work together yeah. as well. So Manuel and I think felt that we really wanted to play somewhere that, I think the weather was more, you know, geared to what we were used to. Um, and, you know, we were, we were maybe wanting to, you know, see my family and, and my family getting to watch us play. Cause I don't think my dad or anybody had seen us play in, in several years at that point. And, and so, and you know, as you grow up, I mean, and I, I think any kid that listens to this, you might, you know, dislike your father going to your game and yelling at you or your mom screaming on the sidelines, let's go. But, you'll miss it, you know, and you'll, you'll yeah. be like, you'll turn to the sideline and go, 
wow, where, where, where are they? You know, where did that voice? And you, and you were, and you were getting to that age where you didn't know how many no, opportunities no, you I, have No, I didn't, you know, and yeah. it was, uh, and you know, it's, it's interesting, Sean, you say that, and it was, I was at a point where I think you were young enough, but, you know, thinking that you were old enough, right, that, you know, you were untouchable and, and your, your dreams were still so close to you, you know, and I, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, right, and to put a downer, but, you know, you were still at the age where you, and I don't want it just to sound bad, but you believe that anything could happen, right? I mean, you can believe, believe that it was, right. it was going to happen, right? That it was, this is, was your goal. This was what you were meant to do. And, and so, yeah, man, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a confidence that we had at that time. And, and, and so we, we had the confidence to say we wanted to move and we wanted to go somewhere where it was warmer. And we, uh, you know, got contacted by Shell Simon at that time at SMU, and he, you know, showed big interest in Manuel and I, and and really wanted us to come on over. And obviously, SMU was, I didn't know at the time because again, I didn't follow much college soccer, but it, it's a fantastic school. It was a, it was a great uh, college program in terms of the soccer program, and and it was in it was in Dallas, right? It was next to my family where I kind of wanted to be, and so and Manuel and I, you know, we're out there. People might think that we're extroverts but i think we're pretty we're pretty big introverts and we're, we're pretty big homebodies and and so we love being with my family we love being with family and so you know it just made sense and so we made the move back to smu and 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 Mano and i ended up finishing out there at smu which was you know i think uh it was like anything it was an experience and uh, there was good there was bad there was ugly obviously in anything that you do but uh but i think that Manuel and i were we were happy that we made the choice uh, to go to, to go to SMU. And, and that kind of kicked off the, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, what is history now, right? I mean, we graduated from SMU and my, I remember coming out, you know, and this was Sean, this was like right at the time where, you know, this was the, now you're a little bit older, right. But not too old, but you're at that age where you're like, all right, my my dreams are far away, man. Um, this is getting yeah. harder, you know, and in just reality starts to kick in, right? Because you're not in college anymore, right? You're kind of like real world. You got to grow up. What am I going to do next? And I think that's something that is, I think for any of your players that are listening or any young players, you know, that's something that I really, I struggled with. I know Manuel did as well, but I know I personally struggled with was, that coming to Jesus, like I'm not going to play soccer at a, at a high level. Like I'm not yeah. going to go play for Arsenal, you know, on that TV, you know, and, and you, people might laugh at it, but I mean, every kid has that dream, right? When you're watching, you see yourself playing there and, and, um, or whoever wants that sees that. And so, you know, we, um, you know, we saw that uh, opportunity, I think uh, that window really to close and, uh, or it got much smaller. And, um, and we, you know, we, we, we were, after college, we went to, you know, Miami FC and did uh, some trials. We did some trials in different pro teams. And we were kind of bouncing around trying to do some things. And I think that Manuel and I just kind of looked at each other one day. I remember us looking at each other. And, and we were in Miami mm-hmm. at this time. And we were we just got done with three a days, I think. And we looked at each other just, like, exhausted. And we were just like, what are we doing? You know, do we really want to do this? Do we want to continue to do this? And 
And we told each other, you know, because it was one of the hardest things, right? I mean, your dad's invested. He's put all this time. You know, your your everybody, your friends, everybody sees you as the soccer player, right? As the kid that's going to go play or yeah. this and that. Or he's going to do something big with it or whatever it is. And so those are big, um, big gorillas on your back as a, as a youth player, right? It's like, you know, the decision to just not do it anymore and to stop playing. And so Manuel and I made the decision together and, you know, confidently we did it, but, you know, with, you know, a little bit of a, whew, that was hard. Um, and I remember talking to my dad about it because he was really the one that we always bounced stuff off of. And he said it, he said, look guys, I mean, you need to do what makes you happy. You know, you, you, you need to follow what is, uh, what is going to lead you to, you know, the, you know, what makes you the happiest. And if this is not making you guys happy and this is not what you guys want to do ultimately, then, you know, let's move on, you know, and he was supportive of it. And I think that was hugely important was having the support of my dad uh, because it was, that was a hard decision, right? It's like, uh, it's like letting go of, of something you've had, you know, your entire life. And, um, and, and, you know, Sean, and I think that there's things that you kiddos need to know is, you know, don't let the game, I, you know, don't let it, you know, identify who you are, you know, because I think if you do too much, you know, the day that you don't have it, you know, you start to realize you start to, you know, you have that identity crisis. You go, who am I? Right. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do in this world? And so I think I'm glad you, Hmm. I'm glad you said that because I was just about to ask, you know, if you felt kind of liberated (laughs) by that decision where now you no longer had to identify with, just being a soccer player Absolutely. like everyone else. Absolutely. Views you I think that is, you, yeah. you're, you're right. I mean, we were definitely, it was a, it was, it was literally a gorilla off my back. Um, it was like a weight was completely just lifted off. And, and, and there's, there's something about that, right? There's, there's a balance with that, right? Because, you know, stress and, 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 and putting pressure, there's, 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 there's something good about that, right? Because that helps us grow. It challenges us, right? It, it keeps us uncomfortable. Sure. But, you know, there's a balance to it. If there's too much, you know, then, then you, 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 you kill the love. You start to, to, you start to have uh, other issues as a player, right? And, and I think that it affects everything else. So I think it's important to be, you know, honest with yourself. It's important as a player to be honest with yourself. It's, I think it's important as parents to be honest with your, with your kids about playing you know what level you want to play at what is that level okay what are you doing today to get there does that match if it doesn't match then be honest with your kid hey maybe it's not the right thing right let's try something else you know or you know let's do it let's have fun with it then you know and really you know make sure that everybody's in the right lane when they're doing things so that you know they you know they're enjoying it and they they can they can continue to play it you know uh, for the rest of their lives and it's it's more of a lifelong uh, lifestyle um, you know, than, than yeah. a job. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's a common problem. You know, people stick with something that maybe they don't even love because they're somewhat good at it and it makes right. other people happy, <laughs> you know. So rather than thinking of themselves, they're just seeking that approval from other people. And that's yeah. never a good Yeah, lesson. No, I agree. I agree completely. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd advise, uh, I advise uh, I advise parents to get their kids into as many things to see what the kid really likes to do and enjoys and loves, you know, and and let them be the 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 you know the per, the the ones with the 
their foot on the on the gas. You know, let let them be the ones to dictate that. And I think, look, if you see talent, if there is talent, if there is an ability, absolutely, you want to push that along. You know, you don't want to you want to you want to cultivate that, right? You don't want to just say, okay, oh man, my kid's talented and just go do it. You know, no, I mean, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's just there's a fine balance to it, right? I mean, you got to you got to know that they're still kids and people, and you know. It's good to be well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, did you already have like maybe another idea in your mind as to what you wanted to do as your, as your next step at that point? Like, mm-hmm. it, it seems like you, you know, just from knowing you, it seems like you've always kind of had an entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit about you. So, you know, what, what was kind of going yeah, through your head no, at that I, point? Uh, and Sean, that entrepreneurial spirit, that is all my dad. Like he yeah. is, Fetty yeah. is an animal. I mean, I remember going to work with him when I was a kiddo, like maybe four or five. And, you know, and I'd watch him and he was a salesman and he, I watch him sell and he was like, like this charismatic, you know, talker and wheeler and dealer and he was awesome and fun. And so I got to really get that, you know, from him and he'd always done it things on his own he, he'd always own his own business so I think it, it uh, just growing up with it when you're in it when you're sitting at the dinner table and you're talking about business or entrepreneurship or starting something or this that and the other or, or being creative and and you're like told that that's good and to do it and to try it and okay I think that it just becomes a part of who you become right like you're like okay well I'm you know I'm gonna yeah. go and do something I'm gonna start something and but I, but honestly, Sean, I mean, after we were done playing, when we made that decision, Manuel and I were, we bounced around actually a lot. We we didn't know what to do. I think we were burnt out on the sport. We didn't want to do anything much with it. Um, in the meantime, Manuel and I had always done skills on the side with kids since we were 15 years old. You know, I remember I remember asking my dad for 20 bucks back in high school, and he laughed at me. So we had to do something to make the money. And so I'm like, all right, let's just do some soccer skills. And so we started to do it. And, and so we've always done training. We've always, and that we, we were kind of just, we were, we were almost naturals with it. We it was, it was natural to, to work with the kids, to, to do the training. And I think that had a lot to do with, again, going back to Santos days, like they were so into training and it was all about training. And, and that was, that was what it was always about, right? It was always preparation. You prepare yourself and it was preparing yourself the correct way, not just preparing yourself in, in whichever way. And so when and I got really into, okay, training, and then it was more into programming, you know, and then it was like, okay, there's the training sessions. Cool. But then how do I make this program so that we, we create a result at the end, right? We, we, we want to, we want to create something. Right. And so and not just, yeah. just do a workout for a workout. And so I think that we always had a knack for training and, being creative with that and but but after like i said after we were done playing we were bouncing around we were selling eyewear selling clothes you know selling i mean i don't know, i think sold everything from vitamins to i don't even know i mean anything and everything we were just out there trying to uh trying to hustle you know and that was it was a uh, it was uh, it's all about the hustle all the time and and then actually it was my, again i goes back to my dad um Federico just came in one day and he saw us, you know, selling eyewear and selling everything. And he like looked at him and he was like, you guys are idiots. And when I looked at him and we were like, what are you talking about? Dad? He's like, <laughs> you guys need to do futsal. You guys should be doing futsal. And we looked at him and, and, and we had a healthy skills business at that time. Right. It was, 
uh, in a way we, we had, you know, like a core group of kids, right. That would be there. And so we could count on that. And, and we were like, you're crazy. This is America, dude. Americans would never like, they wouldn't even understand this. Right. No way. Basketball. (laughs) I mean, I think Americans would understand it, but I don't think soccer players would understand it. You know, it was just so different. And, um, and we, and we just decided, okay, you know, we'll, we'll start with one of our groups that we had in skills and we'll start doing futsal once a week with them instead of outdoor twice a week. We'll do one outdoor, we'll do one futsal, you know, we'll introduce it. Let's see how it goes. Because Manuel and I were also new to training on the court, right? Like coaching and training on the court it was different from on the field, what we did all the time. And so sure. what we actually did was we said, okay, let's do this. We started it. And before we went ahead and started City Futsal, it was actually called Dallas Futsal. That's what we first called it. And yeah. Manuel and I left, went back to Brazil, um, and we stayed there for several months. And we went back and the pros and uh, got certified and we did a bunch of things to really get uh... again it was always this ambition and Manoa I was always had this like big picture in our head and this big plan and and it was always big and it always had to be for us and I don't know why we just I think we get super antsy and 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 we don't want to sit still, you know, and we don't want to like just say, okay, that's it. Yeah. We want to just keep going, you know, what's next, you know? Well, if you're going to do anything, yeah, that was, that was kind of in. it, right? You got to just you know, jump in and, and, uh, and that's kind of what we did, man. We jumped in and we started it and we got a good, uh, we got good feedback from people and, and obviously our programming was getting more developed as we went back to Brazil and came back and learned more and, so we really started to develop things. And, and Manuel and I always, again, we talked about ambition. Manuel and I, was, we always took it a step further. We always were like, okay, what can we do to really make a difference, right? What can we do more? What can really be the difference, right? And so we were like, okay, skills, not making a difference, or at least in my mind, not making a big enough impact, you know? So it was like, okay, so then right. what do we do? Okay, well, I want to I do a school, you know? Maybe we can get more kids into school. So we in our head, we put it on a piece of paper, FDSP. We started jotting notes down. And it's funny because it was like three years before we actually started FDSP. We put the stuff down and, uh, and we just kept working on it and programming. And what did we want it to look like? What do we want it to say? What do we want this and that? And, and then we just started it and we did it. And we just put ourselves out there and we, uh, and we started FDSP. And that was the school of futsal. And then it would turn into this residency program because then we started working with schools to get the kids out early and, it was just like this, it, it all just kind of culminated, right? We, we allowed, number one, the market to, to dictate what, what it wanted, what it was looking for, you know, what it wanted to pay for. And we just try to listen um, and also, you know, put our own little twist to it. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of what we've done ever since with City Futsal. And that has just been, okay, what does the market want? What do we do next, right? What is, what is uh, you know... Futsal is sexy, but then what is it about futsal, right? What is it about city futsal? And so that's always the question that we're asking ourselves is, you know, how do we stay ahead of the game, right? How do we continue to stay ahead of the game? Because at the end of the day, people get distracted. And so you got to keep them engaged. You got to keep them going. You got to keep them excited, you know? And, uh, and so you're, you're constantly finding ways, right, to, 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 uh, uh, to get their attention, you know, and um, and that, frankly, is, is a, that takes up a lot more of the work than anything else sometimes, um, you know, so 
Yeah. That cre- yeah, you know, so that creative uh, energy. But it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster to say the least. Um, I think that anybody that has their own business understands that that's what it's about. And you know, if you if you can't deal with the ups and downs and the roller coaster, then I would say entrepreneurship is probably not for you. Uh, but uh, yeah, but that's been you know that's been our story, man. We've just been uh, like you said, all in all the time. That's always been our thing. If we're not all in, then get out and uh, and try to provide you know the the most exceptional you know experience and futsal that anybody's had with reference to training or competition. You know, and that's been um, you know our daily motto and and what we go in every day saying and and how do we make that happen right with the programs that we offer with the service that we deliver you know from the facilities and the cleanliness to the professionalism of the staff everything is important you know and i think that that is where a lot also of 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 what people don't see obviously within businesses um is that managerial part right is managing a business right um the bigger you get or the more you do and, and the more people you bring on the more you have to manage and uh the harder that gets because mm-hmm. people are very difficult to manage, you know, no matter what. And that's not even yeah. thought about people. People are just people, you know, they have their own thoughts, their own minds, um, their own issues, problems solve. Um, and so that's, I would say would, it's been probably the biggest challenge for us, um, is, is, uh, is, yeah. is managing, right. It's, uh, because with growth, you have to manage in that growth, right? Manage the growth, manage that growth potential, you know, manage what you don't see uh, already, what is going to come. You know, it's like, I mean, honestly, it's like this this uh, situation we're in today, you know. Nobody saw that. Nobody can see that, right? I mean, not a year in advance, not two years in advance and say, okay, I'm going to put away X amount of dollars, right? So that when this happens, we're, you know, we're going to be okay, Um you know, but that is, uh, that's what business is, you know, that is, uh, no matter how passionate or how mm-hmm. good of a product it is, at the end of the day, if you do, if, if there's not an organization of management behind it, no matter how awesome it is, unfortunately, it just, it, it tends to fade or it goes away. And it, and it does because of the things that you really can't control, right? I mean, like this, the virus can't control it. But if you don't have money saved, your business goes under in a week, two weeks, you know, I mean, three weeks, a month, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, we're a month into this, a little over a month. And whew, I'm like, <laughs> when are we opening back up again? Right. Um, but, but, but what yeah. you have to do though, is that's great. And we can push for that. Wonderful. But at the end of the day, what's more important is everybody's health, right? That, that is number one. I want everybody to be health, healthy and safe, you know, and, and what we have to do as business owners is we have to react to the market. We have to react to what is going on within the market. If we sit on our hands and we say, okay, we'll just wait or, oh man, this sucks or, you know, feel sorry for me. I have a business and now I'm not going to poor small businesses. You know, well, this is the time, right? Where we, this is where entrepreneurship comes in, right? Innovation, right? Uh, you know, getting, getting dirty, you know, getting your hands dirty. And, um, and I think that there is, you have to look at those positives the have the, the, the glass half full in the situations, man. I mean, yeah. Is my family hurting? Yes. Are others hurting out there? Absolutely. And, and, and both financially and, and, and health. Yes. But then we have to start finding the silver lining. What are those, those positive lights within this time, uh, you know, that we're in 
you know, and as business owners, we have an obligation, right? Not just to run our business, but then also, right, to be a part of that solution, right? To be part of the solution as a whole Mm -hmm. from the health side, but also in, in the financial side and helping people out, right? So that is, you know, we made it, we, we made it clear from the beginning. We were going to keep all of our, our, our staff has been paid, but we continue to pay our staff. We haven't stopped paying our staff. They haven't taken any pay cuts. I haven't given one pay cut. And these are things that, yeah, does it hurt us as a business? Yes, absolutely it does. You have no revenue coming in. You're just paying things out. But long-term, how, how is that going, how is that going to impact my employees' health? It's going to impact them in a positive way because they're not going to be worried about finances. They have their health insurance still. Right. And these are the things that as business owners we can do to help mitigate maybe some of these things. Right. And again, that takes just making some hard decisions. You know, I get a pay cut. The other guy gets a pay cut. Right. Whatever it is. uh, You can't pay for that. You cut this and you start to, you know, cut costs or you need to cut costs. And, you know, as a business owner, you're the levers, the right, the pulleys you need to pull. Right. To 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 make it work, right? Cut costs, you know, cut all other things, whatever yeah. they be, you know? And so those are, um, I think, you know, through this, you know, this crisis that we're in, this pandemic we're in, I think uh, we need to, we need to, uh, you know, make sure that we're, we're just being, uh, we're being responsible and, and making sure that, uh, you know, as business owners, uh, especially those out there that want to do soccer and youth and that type of thing, you know, have a plan, be organized once you do. It doesn't have to start from the beginning like that, but as you go, that's how it needs to be so that you can see longevity in your business. You know, you can yeah. see your business grow. You can see yeah. that your business has a future, you know? Um, so I know. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that. And I'm glad you brought it up too, because it kind of touches on what you were talking about before. This whole time has, yeah. no one could have expected it. And a lot of people reacted quickly by, you know, a lot of stuff online, right? And doing, you know, a lot of Zoom sessions and and just online training videos, which is fantastic. And that's something that I think that, you know, we do have done a pretty good job of, but I always knew it could be better, right? So, you know, this, this opportunity is great for us to be able to improve that side of it. And like you said, entrepreneurship, building a business, managing it is all about just problem solving, like finding solutions and innovating and, you know, how quickly we can react to adversity in a positive way. And obviously with you guys, I mean, you've made a massive impact, uh, not only on the, the Dallas community, as far as futsal is concerned, but across the whole country, like your brand touches you know, not only the U.S. even, but across the world, you've done a lot of international stuff. Absolutely, but it's still a very niche market, and so that has, of course, presented many challenges for you guys. I'm sure that there's been a lot of ebbs and flows. Um, what what kind of things have you guys done to try and just you know get it get it back going after right. you see a little bit of? A- oh man, Sean, that is. You know, there there really is actually a simple answer to this, right? And I think it all depends on what business you're in, right? I mean, what industry you're in. I mean, because you can have industries that, you know, you might be ebbs and flows seasonal, but man, you made tons of money in that season, right? It doesn't even matter what you did in the other ones. 
you know, but you know, yeah. And, and, and the youth right. sports business and the, the facilities, the adult sports, the programming business, it's very seasonal. It's like you said, futsal is a niche uh, sport. It's a niche market that we, we uh, we're working with. And yeah, the broader market is a soccer market, which is much bigger, but um, definitely still niche when it comes to futsal. So yeah, when you talk about it and flows, absolutely. We have seasonal issues. We have, you know, times where it's like, Oh man, if we had like this all year round, we wouldn't have problems. Um, but it's just, that's not the reality, right? Like you said, the entrepreneurship, creating solutions, finding solutions to the problems. And so I think really, Sean, I mean, there's a couple things, right? There's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's your, your cash flow management. I mean, there's things that you can do, right? I mean, you can manage cash flow, especially on those down months, right? In a way where either, you know, certain variable costs that you have, you can, uh, diminish those variable costs, right? You can cut those or get rid of them, meaning those those costs that are um, that are not fixed. Uh, your fixed costs, like your rent, if you if you're in a space like we have, unfortunately, that is what it is, right? You have to pay it, no matter if you brought in zero dollars or a ton of money. You pay your rent, no matter what. Same with bills and utilities. So I think what you have to look at is you have to look at your entire year, right? And break it up in 12 months. And you say, okay, if I just averaged it, what is my total revenue? If I average it, what is my, what are my costs? And then you can manage your cash flow maybe a little bit easier. If you find that you're always at a negative, well, then there's something else to look at, right? We need to maybe make changes to the model. But if sure. you're at a positive at the end of the year, well, but you're still finding issues with cash flow, well, that just might be because, yeah, it's seasonal. So you might have more cash at this time and less over here. So it's just managing that, right? When you do have a lot of it, put a lot of it away right so you can have it for those for those times where 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 you're low right and i think that that's obviously that's the practical way of looking at it that's the on my finance brain coming in and saying that's what i would do and that's what i do do with the business right on the whole you have to be you have to have your finger on cash flow like a like a hawk you know and that's the thing that a lot of small business don't understand is yeah forget about all the finances all the the numbers and all the crazy algorithms and no it's just cash flow you know, money in, money out. How much do you have in the bank? Manage that first, right? Don't worry about anything else. And if you can manage that, then then you're gonna you're you're gonna be a lot healthier moving forward. And so that's that's obviously the most practical way of looking at it. But then I would say the way that you deal with ebbs and flows is you know, you you it's grit. I mean, you know, it's like you know you're not gonna make money this <laughs> it's grit, you know, and, and, and it's and, yeah. And you do it. You just got to exactly. down and and, and, and I think that that is, I would say the, you know, people might say doing business with your family is, is hard and it's, uh, there's negative to it. But I think that that was definitely a positive with us and how we were able to get past a lot of the ups and downs is, or a lot of the downs was we we're a family. So, you know, we could sit and talk and say, okay, guys, we're not getting paid this month. You know, I mean, let's work together and let's, uh, you know, we're going to move back in with mom and dad till we're freaking 29 or whatever it was. We were how old we were. And, you know, you make those choices, right? You make the decisions depending on what it, again, I go back to that whole thing with kids. It's like, okay, if this is my goal, my dream, and then every day, what am I doing to achieve that? If it's not adding up, then go try a different goal. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, we really want city football to work, but you know, I got to get paid my money every month, you know, or I'm not, well, that unfortunately is just not the way entrepreneurship works. I mean, you're, 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 the business comes first, right? Bills get paid, your, the people you're working with get paid, and then you're paid last. You know, that's whatever's left over, that's yours. And so 
I think that that is, uh, you know, down to it. If we really want to talk about it, I mean, I think grit is the, is the, you know, is the end all be all of it. You know, do you have the, do you have what it takes to stay in it? And, and that's the, you know, that, that's like it, right? It's like, yeah, if you can, if you don't have the, 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 the courage to stay in it for the long haul, I mean, just, just, just get out now. I mean, and I think that's, that's, that's what holds people back the most is they don't have that drive, that, that just resilience to keep going when, when things get hard, like, you know, people talk about it and, um, you know, they, they, you know, try to act as if they're tough in those moments, but I don't think people really truly understand the type of, uh, courage and just, you know, determination it takes to get through some of those moments as an entrepreneur. Obviously, everyone's are different, but, you know, entrepreneurs can all relate to the same kinds of issues. And I don't think, you know, people that aren't in entrepreneurship can ever (laughs) truly experience that level of just grit, like you said. I mean, I I would say it's like, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I I think that uh, if you're, um, uh, a big exec somewhere and you're successful that's great but being an entrepreneur is very entrepreneur is different you know it's like you go into corporate america you go into a job and you have a very specific task and job at hand great that's what i do as an entrepreneur you have fifty thousand. I, I have like fifty thousand tasks right and you're everywhere with it hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline so what's next for you guys at city futsal what are you guys you know looking to accomplish over the next year five years ten years well that is uh it's <laughs> a good question i um i think that there's uh we, we we definitely have a um you know an idea in our mind of where we want to go with things i think that this uh this uh this event um that just happened definitely put some pause to things and Put some things in perspective, um, and so we, we we are actually in the we're in the process right now of kind of mulling over our our long term plans again, um, and the reason is is so that we can, um, you know, again we always have to go back to the drawing board, right? And and what are we doing? What are the what? Where do we want to go again? Are we are we on the right direction? Right? Are we on the right path? And I think for us, I think we're just we want to continue to continue to you know, perfect, uh, uh, the business that we have here locally, you know, continue to give the best product you can. Number one, right. Continue to give that quality service, right. Continue to train people, uh, referees, coaches, you know, trainers, kids, everyone, um, so that we can, you know, make this, like you said at the beginning, I think, uh, or you referenced it, make this, you know, the, you know, the, the Mecca of futsal for us in the United States, you know, we want to be, and our goal is to be the American brand of futsal. You know, if you have a, 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 a brand of futsal in Brazil or a brand of futsal in Spain, we want to be that brand of futsal in America. And so, and we're doing that by continuing to 
focus on education of referees, education of coaches and players, uh, which is our main goal here. And we're doing that through, uh, obviously, now online type of classes. But we do that also with programming here locally. And and, uh, and we're going to be continuing to do that with some uh, different programming that we're going to have uh, coming up in the next. We were supposed to have coming up this summer, but obviously some change of plans, but some new programming and how we're uh, going to move forward as a company and where our focus is going to lie, which is going to be in the competition, uh, that realm, which is the league and tournament side. Yeah. And it's going to be in the training side, which is going to be online, on-court training, camps, um, uh, you know, uh, partnerships and whatnot with uh, organizations and soccer organizations to provide futsal to them. That's really our focus, what we want our focus to be moving forward. Um, and we're moving now away from, you know, um, uh, any type of soccer, any type of uh, team activity that has to do with 11 v 11 or an outdoor pitch. And we want to really be that complement, right? Be that, that support for, for. Gotcha. So you guys, you know, you yeah. were dipping your toes in that a little bit and you just find mm-hmm. that, you know, sticking to futsal is Absolutely. more true to your vision. For what it's, you're, it's, uh, you're trying it's, to it's, it's who we are. It's what's in our name, you know, and, and we don't want to confuse a marketplace. And, and again, I think we want to be able to work with, like we said, our, our goal here is to work with, with as many or, or as, as many coaches, players, parents, as we possibly referees that we can. And we're not going to be able to do that um, by boxing ourselves into, into something like a club. Instead, sure. we want to be that arm of futsal for the club uh, per se yeah and 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 to make the kind of impact you guys want you have to be able to reach as many people as possible and, mm-hmm. and that's just mm-hmm. one at a time and and uh, yeah you mentioned like doing yeah. more online training with your programs yeah. i mean that's that's the future you know everyone needs to figure that out and the sooner they do the better it will benefit them once things get back to normal i say normal i mean it's not going to be the same normal it's going to be a different normal but you know our new normal is going to entail much more online stuff you know whether that's just you know entertainment content like that or or actual hard training like they that's that's going to be the the no that is uh, for sure you know sean and that's something that manuel and i i think we've been wanting to and i think you said it too with you you know you see this 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 pandemic happens and, and you see it as an opportunity to to work on that side right of the, the the online activity the online videos and i think you're right i mean it's the same thing when all and i we looked at it and it was automatic like okay what do we do what, what what do we do to get to these people all right online okay what are they doing okay what are other people doing all right let's just, you know and, and you culminate that and you and you and you put that together and and that's what we've been doing, right? And people are like, well, when are you getting your online stuff on, guys? Come on, let's just get it out there. Let's do it. And, and Manon and I are like, guys, this, we're programmers. We're programmers. I mean, we, 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 it's got to be, it's got to be right. You know, I, I don't want to just put something out there because then yeah. you get a bad taste, you get a bad first time uh, service product and, and then you'll come back. So, you know, we want to, we're going to start our promo 100%. classes, our promotional classes for $5 classes this week. It'll be Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're doing them. And then we're going to be, um, uh, starting, you know, kind of workouts, uh, the program next training, online training academy next week on Monday with uh, the official start date. So we're excited. To, we're excited to get that. Uh, nice. We're excited to get it going, see what the, you know, what the, um, 
responses from from our from our marketplace and uh if it's a good one we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing if it's something that we need to work on we'll we'll keep tweaking it and we'll we'll get it right yeah 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 i know that you guys are perfectionists like i am so that's definitely held me back from putting out more content in the past but sometimes you know you just got to put it out there Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. adjust on the fly you know like the skills that we've been doing for example like we put out the first one knowing that right. we we're going to try and hit two a week. And obviously that requires a lot of editing. time filming, but then also a lot of time editing. At first, you know, we had a lot of ideas of what we wanted to do for the videos, but we knew that it was going to take us too long to actually figure out how mm-hmm. to do what was going on in our head. So we just put out, you know, uh, uh, the first few that were maybe sure. not at the standard yeah, that we yeah. wanted, but they were good enough, right? And then each yeah. one you can just continue to improve upon it and continue Absolutely. refining and Absolutely. making it better. No, you're you're you're. I mean, that is what on that is what it's about, right? I mean, you think too much on it, right? And you'll never do it, you know. Um, and no, and I agree with you. I think right. that um, you you if if we were talking about any advice I'd give anybody that wanted to do this or, or do anything on their own is it's like you're saying just to do it right i mean you know ask uh, ask for forgiveness later right um you know just get it done get dirty right. you know uh, get your hands dirty because i think that if you take too much time just planning right um then you know with planning i mean there's so many things that come into your head right i mean you, you come up with all the situations all the variables all this all that I mean, it just gets like almost overwhelming uh, sometimes too much. And so, well, yeah. while planning is important, like I said, and organizations and management of that is, is extremely important in the success and the vitality and longevity of a business. I think at the end of the day to start the business, it's, you got to start it, right? You got to just jump in and get dirty. So mm-hmm. but I think it also takes a certain person, Sean. I mean, it's not just uh, somebody saying, okay, I'm going to do it right. Yeah, that's true. That's great. But like you said, I think you've, you, you've, put some words out there right you know you have to have persistence right you have to have you know some grit right you have to have all these different things right qualities as a person i think um or at least adapt to those qualities right and 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 learn those qualities and make them yeah and refine those qualities for yourself and, and i think that you're going to find yourself in a better position or at least a happier position as an entrepreneur or somebody who's doing their own business you know yeah, that's a good point. You know, a lot of people maybe aren't necessarily born with those kinds of qualities that makes, you know, entrepreneurs or just people in general mm-hmm. successful at whatever they're doing, but you have Absolutely. to learn to develop. No, and I think that that's something, it's the same thing when I talk to kids, right? Well, we talk to kids and we're training them, right? I mean, you're, you're left with, you know, okay, you call it your weak foot, your, well, I call it your untrained foot, right? I mean, all it is is just, it's untrained, right? You're not trained. And I think that, Everybody yeah. has it in them to do whatever that it is that they want to do. And obviously it takes some training and yeah. some sacrifice and, and learning some new skills to be able to do that. But, you know, I think this is, for me, this is the perfect time, right? I mean, people sitting at home, not doing anything. I think that that's also something that people have to, or, you know, maybe your listeners will, will, will need to understand is, you know, boredom and sitting there not doing anything is not always a bad thing. A lot of good ideas and a lot of good things can come from, um, you know, from just sitting there, right. And, and, and not doing anything. So, you know, it is good sometimes just to like chill out, relax. And I think that, uh, this is a good time for both students, 
you know, future entrepreneurs or business owners or, or whoever it may be, you know, to kind of take a moment, relax, sit down, you know, reflect. What have they been doing before? What are they doing now? What do they want to do? You know, because uh, I don't think we're going to get many chances like that to do that in life, you know, where the economy stops for a month, for two months, you know. It's, yeah. Again, I know there's a lot of downside to that and negativity and, and hardship, but um, like I said, I mean, we we always have to try to find solutions, like you said, and, and see that, that cup half, half full rather than half empty. Definitely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but maybe if you have anything to add. You know, what are kind of some of the biggest challenges you faced, specific challenges, and what, you know, actions uh, did you take to overcome them and just keep, you know, pushing forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, man, challenges, man. I, 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 I'm not going to talk about all of them, right? I mean, this is like a, you'd need a – by yeah. <laughs> me to talk about all of these um yeah i think that uh i think some that stand out to me um some challenges that stand out to me number one in my industry especially um i think space uh, was a was a big challenge uh for us right is finding not mm. just a space but consistent space right um that it goes back to these variables, right? When you say, okay, I'm just going to go do it, right? Great, go do it, start it. And you start to run into these things, right? The things that you didn't plan, right? Oh, I didn't know it was going to be this hard to get a court at this time, right? Well, winter time is for basketball and volleyball on hard court, right? Not for futsal. And so I think that when Manon and I first started, nobody knew futsal. They're like, I don't want soccer in my building. And they didn't understand it. And so I think one of the bigger hurdles that we started with with was was space right was finding not just space but quality space a good space somewhere where we could feel good about and 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 call our home and and have people come to and and participate in programming so that i think that was a big challenge and and i think that you know obviously we overcame it by you just get in your car and you drive everywhere you get on the phone you call everybody uh and you try to find and you you cut out you carve out your space right you you, you make it happen and and that's that that's where the yeah. planning comes at that point. Okay, I need to maybe book it three months in advance, right? Or I need to pay for you know my full month booking so that I can have that booking for 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 that month or whatever it may be. I think there's different things that you can look at. Um, a, a couple of things also that I think that the the challenge with space is: do you rent or do you own? Right? Do you lease? You know, are you master lease? Do you pay you know month to month uh, you know fixed rate or do you rent and just pay for the space you use? Right. I mean, all those things are, you know, uh, hurdles that we had to overcome. And so I think space within our industry was was, was a very big one, um, definitely, uh, that we had to overcome. I think we touched on a couple other ones, which obviously is cash flow. Um, just financial cash flow is a massive hurdle within new startup business. Um, and that is, you know, having to not having enough money in the bank. Um, to pay yourself or pay people or pay for space or whatever it is that you need to pay for your, your expenses uh, because, you know, you might have some larger expenses at the beginning and, you know, you're not bringing enough revenue to even to take care of that. So I think cash flow is, uh, was, is a massive, it's an ongoing hurdle that we deal with all the time is cash flow. How do we get more consistent cash flow, right? How, and not just how do you manage that cash flow, but then how do you get more consistent cash flow? How do you bring more money in? 
on those seasons that you see that are, you know, super low, right? And you're going, man, my expenses are the same. <laughs> they haven't changed, but my revenue is definitely different. Um, this isn't making sense. So right. I think that's a hurdle that we continue to uh, have to always uh, work on. And again, like I said, that's just through, you know, keeping my eye on, on, on the cash flow. So managing that pretty, uh, pretty hawkishly. So daily, uh, I'm working on that. Um, and I'm working with my, you know, my, uh, my utilities, my landlords and everybody else. So, um, so that I can work on, you know, payment schedules, you know, cause at times that's what you need to do. You need to call your landlord and say, Hey man, I can't do it on the first. Can I do it on the 15th? You know, I can't do it on the 15th. Can I do it on the 30th? Right. And you work with everybody on it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, but 99% of the time, you know, your vendor, whoever you're working with, is going to work with you. You know, they want to see you be successful. They want to see you grow and, and your success is their success. So I think that that's what a new entrepreneur, that's what you can yeah. leverage from, from when, from when you're going into new business, right? Is that uh, you're in it, you're all in, you want to do it. So I think that, you know, those would probably be the, you know, from space at the beginning and even now still, you know, wanting to expand, finding more space is difficult and that's a big hurdle. And then that cash flow. In terms of us right now, what we've always dealt with has always been uh, a big, uh, a big hurdle that we've always had to overcome. So, and obviously, Sean, and there's, man, there's so many other hurdles, right? But I think when I think about two that really sting, you know, and really hit home, and I think it's that uh, that space factor and and your cash flow factor. Uh, on how healthy you are month to month. So, yeah, definitely. So, you know, for other entrepreneurs that are hearing this, those can apply in maybe exactly similar ways. Like for myself, that's, that's uh, a challenge that we Mm -hmm. face as well with the space and cash flow uh, as well. So, you know, but for other entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. maybe they're in different fields that can apply to different ways too but you know maybe when they face similar challenges why do you think they typically <laughs> fail um i mean there i think there's a couple different reasons right it's the same way when i we we look at players uh penalty penalty uh penalty kick takers right and i put them in three groups i uh put them in an excited group i put them in in a scared group right and i put them in a confident group um and you can see by the way that they go up, they put the ball down, they step back and take the shot, right? Who's going to score, who's not. Or at least I can, you know, give my opinion on it and maybe, you know, try to figure that out, right, by the way that they're putting the ball down. That That's how I look at it, right? And and so I think that that is, you know, I think yeah. that's why people might fail is they might get too excited, right? And uh, Or they might get too sad or too mad or too, you know, down. And I think that, that is one of the most difficult things for an entrepreneur is keeping level, right? It's this balance because like you said, there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs. And I think a majority of people or people that do fail um, is because either a, they can't take that up and down, right? That roller coaster, it makes them too sick, right? To do that. Um, And, or um, maybe they get too excited, Right. Where they're, you know, um, again, where they're at a, you know, uh, they're making a decision or they're, um, you know, not managing something because of excitement of what can happen. Right. 
oh man, I talked to this guy and he said he would buy this many that and he was all in and he's excited and he has a business that he can grow and bring more of our products in, right? And I'm just giving an example of a business of somebody getting excited because he talked to somebody and and guess what? The week later, the sale doesn't happen, you know? And let's say that you made decisions, right? You know, that that uh, were, were with the thought that you were going to, that the sale was going to happen, you know? So you killed your cash flow, you know? And now you can't make payroll, you know? These are things that, I think why as entrepreneurs, we, we, that's why it's so important, Sean. And I would advise any entrepreneur have a panel of advisors, people that can counsel you. And these are people that are, yeah. that are, they're not to be entrepreneurs. They can be family. They can be non-family. They can be lawyers. Uh, they can be teachers. They can be, I would look at an array of people in a lot of different fields and say, who can I talk to on a regular basis? If it's once a month to call up and say, Hey, I've got this situation going on here can you advise me on this? Right. So that I can make the best possible decision. And I have been lucky to um, have that. And, but I've also sought that out. You know, I didn't just let it go. I just, I've sought that out. And I said, yeah. I want to have this type of person, that type of person. So I can go talk to each of these people about these specific things that I need to uh, get some advice on so I can make the best decision. And um, you know, so I think that it's also a big part of why maybe you see those, those failures and some of those entrepreneurs, maybe they just don't have that, uh, you know, they don't have that, uh, that support. I think that support is huge. You can't do it on your own. That's a day. <laughs> There's no such thing okay. as a self-made self-made man or woman. That's, that's so I think is BS. Yeah. I think it's all, they've always had somebody or someone there. Uh, there's all, no matter if it's for a long period of time or even just a quick blink of an eye there's been that support or somebody there to help them along. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I've seen a lot recently. I think that applies more to the, the, the modern time is like, if you're going into entrepreneurship, hmm. you have to have some sort of mentor or else you're pretty much, you know, right. jumping in an ocean right. and hoping to survive. you know, like, so it's, it's for me, I've sure. never had really someone to look up to. Like I've never really, had that support and so like you said mm -hmm. you sought it out and so that's one thing that i've always tried to uh make a point of is mm -hmm. if i don't know something i gotta figure this out and i gotta find what it does so i feel like i've developed a, sure. a network of people that i can look up to yeah you know even just doing this podcast is great developing deeper relationships with the network that i already have and hoping to use, you know, the things that I want to learn more about, about to help other people. So I love that's what it, it's all about, I'm, man. And I, I love I'm, uh, I'm here. You know that, Sean, if, if there's ever anything and that you need or any advice or any, you know, thing that I just throw off me or, you know, bounce off of me ideas, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always available. I, I, I love doing that. And I love working with, with people that, that have that ambition, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find that you do, yeah. uh, you know, hold on to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll do my best. So this one yeah. is a tricky question. Not really tricky, but I mean, you can, you can, uh, I guess, take it how you want and answer yeah. it. However you, you see it. So what is your definition of greatness? Huh. My definition of greatness 
Hmm. Greatness. Greatness. Hmm. I guess, you know, greatness for me would be hmm. <laughs> that that that's a hard one, man. I mean, uh, you, huh? you know, I I there I guess I can look at it a couple <laughs> different ways. Um, you know, uh, I think um I think greatness is when when something, you know, unbelievable or impossible happens and you realize that everything that led up to it was a perfect effort in achieving that greatness. So I think, mm. for me, I think it's all about the process and the journey. That's what greatness is. And I think that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's even hard for me sometimes because the journey sucks and it's hard. But I think that for me, greatness is in that perfect, uh, that perfect effort that you can give um, with that, uh, with the yeah. right goal and that perfect effort, the right, the right effort you put in. I think that is where you can get greatness and where greatness can, can come out. And, and again, like I said, I think it's hard because it's a process and it's in the process. Greatness is in the process. Greatness is not in the, is, is not just the, the reward, the final end goal. I mean, it feels good. You know, but, you know, you, you achieve greatness by the, the steps that you take daily, I think, I believe. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, that's, I think, with a lot of people, they think that greatness is something hmm. that other people perceive about, <laughs> but really, it's something that comes from yourself. And only you know if you're uh if you're if you're truly you know getting the most out of your journey and and like you said creating that that yeah, perfect yeah. you know preparation or effort to achieve what you want and mm-hmm. and that's yeah i, I would agree awesome. with that that's that's a good awesome. way to put it so what piece of advice would mm-hmm. you give to your younger self maybe that was you know just getting into the club scene as a youth or yeah, uh, maybe it was that transition, you know, trying to go pro after high school, or, or, <laughs> or even just getting into entrepreneurship. <laughs> you know, I've, I think I've told myself this one a lot. I said, I think the what I tell my young self, I tell my young entrepreneurship self before I start city futsal is to not start city futsal. I'd probably tell myself, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, <laughs> I'd laugh and joke about it. Um, no, I, I, I think that uh, what I tell my young self is, um, you know, I tell my young self that, uh, man, I'd say life is probably not um, what you think it is. Um, you know, get ready for, get ready for surprise. You know, I don't know what I'd tell my young self, honestly, to because I think that at the end of the day, man, I mean, everything that I've done, you know, mistakes and all decided uh, have gotten me to this point, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. Mm. I think I tell my young self is, you know, keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> you know, keep it up, dude. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what I, I think I would tell myself. 
you know, because again, I think uh, the mistakes are what's important to uh, is important to learn from and, and gain from. So, yeah, no, that's that's a, an interesting perspective too, you know. But also Absolutely. on that, it's mm-hmm. making sure that mm-hmm. you're learning from those mistakes. You're gonna make them. You can't prevent them. You want them because that's how you learn and grow and develop but you got to learn and grow and develop from them or else, you know, or else you're just, you're just killing yourself. Really agreed. Agreed, man. Yeah, man. Well, it's been fantastic to have you on. I really, really appreciate your time and and thanks for sharing, you know, your story and and everything that you guys are doing at city futsal. Definitely want to do it again sometime with you and maybe talk more about, you know, y'all's philosophy training and, and absolutely and just more you know soccer specific uh, but before we let these people go what message uh, would you like to leave them with i think it's it's always going to be the same and it's what i've said throughout this this conversation that is you know set your goals and your dreams high but make sure that your daily uh your daily actions match match up to that goal so Love it. Love it. There you have it, guys. Mr. Esteban. Thank Mariel. you, Sean, for having me, brother. Thanks and again absolutely for coming on, my man. Thing, and uh, I'd love to have uh, the conversation again. Let me know. Yes, definitely. So for anyone that's listening that wants yeah, to maybe so, get in uh, touch with way, you, what's, you what's a good ways, way for them to you do go to www.cityfutsal.com, and we have our contact button there. You can uh, also shoot us an email at info at cityfutsal.com sorry that's my daughter uh, at info at cityfutsal.com or you could just give us a call <laughs> i don't mind putting my number out here if anybody needs inform- any information they can give me a call my number is 214-683-1952 Boom. all right man looks awesome. like you have some business to tend to so i'll let you get to that